0: Chris Vint here, Operation Retroshock. A little bonus episode for you before Alan uploads the brand new one. uh, Also featuring Ryan Porter, Michael Iessi, to do with the Avengers. Uh, Some of you already know, we've covered Doctor Who quite a lot on the podcast. Uh, I was a guest on Ryan's uh, Comics Corner, which was entitled Who to Beam Up. Um, So this is just basically... Um, this podcast I've just decided to put on the feed just in case there's any Doctor Who or Star Trek fans there that may get a bit of a kick about it Um, on it you can also head over to www.ineedcomics.com where you can check out Ryan's brilliant comics corner um, each and every week Uh, I know I do because Ryan as I've said in this here is my comics guru who I always go to if I need to know if an issue is good or not so make sure you head on over there but uh, yeah I just thought about upload this hopefully you enjoy the episode and uh, let us know your thoughts and also there's a competition there so uh, yeah you can also enter the Um, If you're on Twitter, if you're one of our many followers, at Retroshock316, or you can tweet myself, at Vinto316, with an answer, and hopefully if we do another episode, we'll pick the best winner. So uh, enjoy the episode, guys, and let us know what you think. Thanks very much, bye.
1: Welcome to the Comics Corner, Episode 9, Who to Beam Up. Welcome everyone to a very special Comics Corner. This time we are not discussing comics, we are discussing a comic. In particular, IDW's new Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who crossover entitled Assimilation Squared. Uh, For those of you who know, I uh, am a bit of a Trekkie. I usually flaunt my Star Wars fandom more than I do my Trek fandom, but I started out as a Trek fan, which we will get into soon enough. Uh, And despite being excited for the series, I don't know anything about Doctor Who. So I went out and found myself an expert, and uh, would you like to introduce yourself, sir?
0: Hello, my name's Chris Vent. An expert isn't very commonplace, by the way.
1: No, it's not. Just, <laughs> they don't know that. Just, love, just make everybody think you're an expert.
0: So. Uh, uh, no, it's the internet. You can't bluff <laughs> these things, Ryan. You'll get find out. <sighs>
1: That's how World War One got started. Anyway, uh, <laughs> as we just kind of teased, I'm a big Trek fan, Chris is a big Doctor Who fan, but neither of us really knows anything about the other. So the goal here is to educate one another, and I'm sure there are plenty of you out there who are in one of the same boats that Chris or I are in. You're a fan of one property or the other, but probably aren't too many out there that are fans of both. So we are looking to bridge the gap and uh, bring everybody together in one big, happy comic book. So Chris, I guess let's start with uh, your quote-unquote expertise, and uh, what is it that got you into Doctor Who initially, and what has made you a fan since?
0: Um, Well, I remember, um, because we have, uh, because it's a British TV show, you know, obviously it's in the newspapers, you know, whenever David Tennant was leaving, there was so much newspaper coverage about who was going to be the next Doctor, and nobody could see that Matt Smith, you know, like, very much like, you know, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, all relative unknowns, and, you know, like, he's popular now, and uh, it was just a case of, I remember seeing it in the paper and going like, oh, this looks... I honestly thought at the start that this looks rubbish. And then I watched... My first episode that I watched was *School Reunion, which had uh, late, great Elizabeth Sladen, um, Rupert... Or Anthony Head, who play Obviously, who's Rupert Giles in Buffy, uh, really got hooked. And from there, kind of just started watching it um, and then collecting a lot of back catalogue ones. So, apart from the first Doctor... Um, I've got a couple that would do with pretty much each Doctor from number two to, um, ten. I haven't got any of number eleven, but it's on Netflix, so it's all good.
1: Okay, uh, I think it's fair to say that you've already lost me several times. Uh, <laughs> um, David Tennant is the Doctor before the current Doctor, yes? Yes. Ten- uh, so you're you're a relatively nine. new fan, then, to Doctor yes. Who? Yes, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then this, the current Doctor that's in this series now, is he, uh... Where does he rank? Because that's a big Star Trek question: Is who's your favorite captain? He's um, not my
0: favorite, as he d- might not be my favorite uh, time lord. Let's just say um, I prefer right. David Tennant and John Pertwee, who is the third Doctor. Which one? Art? Um,
1: like, what does he look like? Because I know I don't know names, but I know like one's got bushy hair and a funny hat, and
0: uh, the one before that, the one with like kind of the grey hair
1: with the mutton chops.
0: Uh, kind of yes.
1: Kind of has mutton chops. Okay, I think I know <laughs> who you're talking about. Looks like George C. Scott. I've no idea who that is, so I'll just say yes. <laughs> Alright, fine. Um the, well, the, the Who fans out there know who you're talking about and they're either agreeing or yelling at you. But I could see being a relatively new fan, obviously you're 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 gonna you're gonna go with what uh, brought you to the party. Um, mm-hmm. so well that's that's awesome. I actually as I as I mentioned, I've been a Star Trek fan I don't know a time when I wasn't a Star Trek fan. I grew up watching Next Generation Uh, I know that that's uh, blasphemous, everybody loves the original the best, but uh, when I I was, you know, I'm 30 years old, so I was growing up right at the right time to be watching uh, not only new episodes of Next Generation, but it was very, very prominent in syndication, so I got to watch it really every night, Uh, and it was always a big, big deal for me to sit down and watch Star Trek, and didn't know, I love the the didn't know what you were going to get aspect of the show, it was going to be a funny episode, a dramatic episode, a poignant, uh, moving episode, uh, sometimes not as poignant as moving as they'd like, but some of them really did, uh, get their point across, and some of it's just goofy science fiction with cardboard sets and weird head, (laughs) foreheads. Uh, (laughs) Star Trek runs the gamut in that regard. Um, and it wasn't until uh, fifth grade, sixth, I think it was fifth grade when I discovered Star Wars, and, uh, obviously as a, uh, what, 10, 11 year old, 12 year old, somewhere in there, uh, Star Wars definitely, uh, dominated for a while, but I never I never lost my Trek fandom, and they're two completely different things, and we're not going to get into that, because eventually there's another podcast that we keep talking about, but haven't done yet, so <laughs> we'll save all that for that other podcast, but I guess needless to say, I've always been a Star Trek fan, and was very, very glad to see that Next Gen was what was going to be featured in this crossover. I know people were clamoring for Kirk in the original cast, and deservedly so, but I, being a Next Gen guy, I was elated that this is what we were going to get. So now that we've, we've kind of covered some fandom, so the issue or the series, I should say, gets announced. Uh, what were your first thoughts, if you remember? On, uh, uh, on I was
0: thinking that oh, if this was Dark Doctor Who and Star Wars, I'd be in heaven. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I've always been a Star Wars fan. I remember going to see Return of the Jedi in the cinema, etc. And it was Star Trek. I was like, oh, well, you know, I Thanks to Ryan. Ryan is my comic guru. Ryan is the one I go to. Ryan, is this any good? Yes, that's good. And Ryan has yet to steer me wrong. So whenever, you know, Ryan said to me about this, Ryan was actually the one who told me about it. Um, oh, with Ryan being comics. a comic expert and stuff. So um, I was just... To... In
1: inverted in somebody. Well, so that's neither
0: here nor there. I think you're an <laughs> expert in comics. And uh, as I say, you've yet to steer me wrong. So uh, keep that trend going. Um, so then uh as she arrived in the, at the door um, Obviously got it on digital as well um, And actually won a code from IDW um, uh, On Twitter as well So I have to give that to Alan Who's a big Doctor Who fan But yeah I was really really anticipating it Because I wanted to see how it was done um, And to be, not to give too much away I was really happy with the way The characters and everything were all um, done And their mannerisms and stuff In a comic book
1: Okay, and then the other side of that, not being a a Trek fan, is there a reason you weren't Trek? Were you introduced to it and didn't like it? Uh, Is there anything about Trek that made you leery of uh, it crossing over with uh, your beloved Doctor Who?
0: Well, I knew it would either be Kirk uh, Picard or Dr. Sam Beckett. That's all I would know. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so um, that's all I would know about the captains. Obviously, I know I would know more about the characters in the original one than I would, you know, with like Picard and Data and other dudes. That's my knowledge. <laughs> that right there yeah, yeah. is my knowledge. Okay. Well, you know two uh, characters,
1: and I only know one sort of. So uh, you've, you've you've won up me already. So, <laughs>
0: um, so you know, there's a case of. Um, obviously, I would have preferred it to be. Kirk, you know, as you said, um, because I would know more characters there, but then I thought, well this is gonna broaden my horizon into Star Trek. Um, you know, so I'm gonna see different characters and maybe take a shine to them. Very much like yourself, you know, um you're not a fan of Doctor Who. Um there may be um, aspects of these characters that you're like, you know what, I wouldn't mind start to watch a couple of episodes of Doctor Who to see what it was like to see what it's like, and I might do the same with Star Trek. So Brought the horizon for something I wasn't sure about, and I, I was all for that, really.
1: Okay. Uh, I guess for me, when I first started to discover Doctor Who was um, uh, a while back, I want to say like junior high, I was an uber nerd, and I got uh, subscriptions to a, a couple different science fiction magazines, and there was always some Doctor Who stuff, and I was always kind of curious about it, but at the same time didn't really have, I mean, this is, this is Well, I guess technically it's pre-internet, like before the internet became readily available at least. Um, I remember shortly after this, like the teacher would ask, who is the internet at home? And only about half the class would raise their hand. Um, So it was hard to come by. Like I was curious because it was always in the magazines, the star logs and and things like that. As I got older and the internet became what it is and and I developed a means to acquire uh, things that interest me financially, it was intimidating. Like, Doctor Who has been around for so long, that, uh, and I need another sci-fi franchise, like I need a hole in my head. <laughs> so it was, it was more of a, it's not like it doesn't sound interesting, it's that uh, I cannot financially or time-wise afford to get into this series. So, but I have a feeling, based on this first issue, that that might change, and I will at least uh, develop a, a, a passing knowledge. Um, I was aware from the get-go that this is a big deal. Uh, my, my Trek fandom aside, I'm aware of the the fandom and the fervor that Doctor Who creates and knew re- right away from the moment the series was announced, I knew what a big deal it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was uh, going to uh, C2E2 in Chicago with the Pop Culture Network that really got me going on it because they, uh, the IDW, the company that's publishing this, uh, had a panel and they talked all about it at length and really, really got me excited, even though, again, I'm only a fan of half of what's being represented. I realized uh, the significance of it, and then I got to meet the artist, uh, and he was super gun ho and he's one of those few I mentioned at the beginning who is a fan of both. So having a fan uh, illustrate it is uh, is fantastic, and I think will bring a lot to it. But just the, just the way people talk about it, the way IDW talked about it, the way the crowd reacted, um, it was hard not to get excited, more so than I already was. So, with the introductions and our fandoms and things out of the way, I think, uh, Chris, we will uh, run through this issue real quick, kind of a play-by-play. Okay. So, I guess, uh, I don't know why you'd be listening to this at this point if you haven't read it. Maybe you're trying to make up your mind. But there, here there'll be spoilers. Uh, nothing too major, but I am going to go through the events of the issue. So, either skip ahead a ways or sit back, relax, and enjoy the recap. Uh, we start off on Delta Four, which is a planet Chris is not familiar with because it is in the Star Trek universe. Uh, deltas, Delta Delta Four and deltas in general have not been seen in Trek very much, Chris. Just so you know, uh, they okay. were featured. One One of them was featured in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, or as uh, some people like to call it, Star Trek: The Emotionless Picture. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what uh, we do have, you call
0: that, Ryan? Do you call it that?
1: Uh, I might because it's okay. uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's a bit dry. <laughs> Uh, it's it's too bad when when newcomers to the franchise are like yeah I want to watch all the movies in order. Oh, don't do that. If you start with one, you'll never get to two. Uh, <laughs> but um, and then all of a sudden, the nice peaceful planet, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose as these beams uh, start coming down from the sky. Explosions, people running, mass chaos. Uh, Star Trek fans will recognize the Borg, and Doctor Who fans will recognize the Cybermen. Uh, there's, uh, like I said, a lot of panic. Every, All the important uh, citizens of this world hunker down in a, a bunker deep underground awaiting the cavalry, uh, so to speak, which is being decimated, doesn't even have a chance to get to the planet. Uh, the Borg and the Cybermen then infiltrate the bunker. They get the uh, the leader out. Uh, what is her name? The Prime Minister. Did they give her a name?
0: Uh, they do, eventually. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, whatever her name is, she's the important one. They get her out, and they're like, don't worry, well, we'll retake your home planet. And She fears that by the time they do, there won't be anything left of it. And that's the, uh, the intro. So right away, we get uh, a heaping help in a Trek with some nice nods to some obscure corners of the Trek universe, and the baddies for each universe uh, are dramatically introduced. Uh, then we cut to Earth and ancient Egypt, and there's a guy in a funny hat, uh, a redhead, and they are running the chariots through the, this town, uh, very Ben-Hur-esque. Uh, this is where my knowledge will falter, but Chris, we're going to come back, and Chris will fill us in. Okay. I'm uh, <laughs> just sitting there going
0: like, that is the best
1: explanation ever.
0: A redhead, a dude with a funny hat, and a guy driving the chariot.
1: Yes, that, that's what I got out of it. Uh, okay. What I did actually get out of it was some... Fantastic dialogue. I don't, again, Chris will fill us in in a minute. I don't know if the writers of this individual comic are to thank or if this is the banter I can expect once I get into Doctor Who. But uh, they are making their way to the palace. um, And into the palace they pull out the sonic screwdriver, which I have plenty of questions about, believe me. (laughs) And not everything goes the way. There's some uh, hits and misses along the way. They have to thwart some guards and uh, some people who don't think they belong in the... In the, in the palace, and then things get interesting as they enter the pharaoh's chamber. Uh, the vizier, which we all know from Aladdin, you never trust the vizier. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, basically, Doctor Who reveals himself as a time lord. The vizier freaks out and turns into this mandibled, bug-eyed monster, very reminiscent of the bad guy in the first minute of Black movie. And uh, they dispatch him with this gem. Uh, right? It's a gem. Yes, it of is. Of some kind, yeah. Um, and, all right, Pharaoh, there you go. Uh, you're welcome. And then they, who gets a vision of the Borg and the Cybermen? I'm not really sure what's going on there, but again, Chris, I'm sure, will let me know. Uh, the big blue uh, call box, uh, Chris, what is the name of it? The TARDIS. The TARDIS. Time dimension.
0: and rel- relative dimension and speed.
1: Okay, well, there you go. That explains <laughs> so much. And then they land in 1941, San Francisco. And right away, I got st- extremely excited because I knew exactly where they were and why they were there. Didn't like, have a clue. <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> I was very, very excited. And then they they, uh, they drive home the point a little more. They talk about uh, gangsters and, and uh, detective stories and film noir and everything. Just like, yep, this is exactly what I think it is. And then they walk into the bar. Uh, the doctor was... Uh, re- discussing that they were going to find something unusual, like the android in the pinstripe suit. We see Data, Riker, and I'm guessing uh, Dr. Crusher. I thought we saw Counselor Troy in the background, but the character is smoking, so I don't think it's Counselor Troy. (laughs) Um, So we get a little bit of Trek at the end after a very brief Trek. It's almost all Doctor Who. So with that being said, Chris, uh, could you do a better job of explaining the Doctor Who parts in the middle?
0: Okay, well, whenever um, you first see, well, I've well, I'll do that first of all because I have some questions about the Star Trek thing. So obviously no, well, we well, see. Oh yeah, let's
1: start at the beginning then. Let's start at the beginning, okay. and you can um, correct questions.
0: Obviously, the the front cover has Kirk on this, so I wanted to know why we had. I would imagine this is from the current film, Trek, the Spock and Kirk. Because to me, it actually looks like the guy who played Cider. I don't know his name, but Spock... So what's Spock look...
1: Kirk here? What cover do you have?
0: I have the one that has Picard. So yeah, that's well. why I was wondering why there's no Picard. It's a different captain.
1: No, you, see, uh, you, see, you kept saying Kirk. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Spock, wait a Spock
0: and, No, Spock and the... Is this from the current, the, the most recent film, The uh, Fleet of Enterprise, if that's... What ship they're on?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Okay.
0: (laughs) See the way Spock is drawn to me. That looks very accurate. Like there's
1: no Spock in this, though.
0: Well, who's the dude with the pointy ears? That looks to me. That looks like Spock because he has pointy ears. Oh, it's
1: beginning in the in the bunker. Yes, the one that says "Philosopher, sir." I see it. Yes, I, I got you now. I am caught up. I'm sorry. I thought okay. you were talking about the cover at first, and then I was no. like, oh. All right, <laughs> no. so the guy, he is a Vulcan, which is what Spock is. Spock is a Vulcan. But he is not Spock or Sarek or any other Vulcan that we know by name. He's ah, okay. another member of that race.
0: Okay. To me, it just looked like it was the uh, – that's why I was confused, and I thought it was the okay. – they had drawn the cast of the current film.
1: Oh, okay. This. Yes, that makes myself. sense. And I guess for any Who fans that aren't familiar, this is not uh, in any way tied into the J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek. That is an entirely uh, different uh, animal and uh, no connection whatsoever to this, this Trek universe. So
0: Okay. Okay, so obviously with that being said, then the Borg, um, are these are these like the Doctor's version of the Cybermen stroke Daleks? Are these the baddest ones that the Enterprise can face?
1: Uh, more or less. They are very hard to defeat and re- uh, absolutely relentless. Um, I, you could argue that the you know Trek has had better villains, but uh, certainly from what I've been told of the Cybermen, they're very comparable villains, and uh, the Borg are, Borg are not to be trifled with or taken lightly. So they, they make a very good antagonist. And the best of the next generation films featured the Borg as the, uh, the the enemy, so. And
0: judging by the end of this, I would take it that they are in kind of Data and this other beardy dude whose name I don't know. Commander uh,
1: the second uh, command of the Enterprise.
0: Okay. I take it they're in some kind of virtual reality kind of thing with yeah, this? That,
1: that would be the holodeck. Which, okay. Which... Uh, and I guess while, while we're talking about that scene, they are on the holodeck, and we don't see Picard in this reveal, but this is Picard's uh, program. Uh, it's the the novels, the stories of a private investigator named Dixon Hill, which uh, a few times throughout the Star Trek The Next Generation series, when Picard needed a little rest and relaxation, he would assume the role of uh, Dixon Hill and enter this world. And y- usually data came with him. Uh, we've seen Doctor Crusher, the redhead on the on the on the side of the last panel, or the page, uh, has come with him a few times. Uh, Riker, I don't remember ever seeing in the Dixon Hill holodeck program, and the same movie I, I just discussed with the Borg um, features this uh, holodeck program as well. So I would I would point any soon to be Trek fans in the direction of Star Trek: First Contact, the feature film. If uh, this seems to be to your liking, it features this holodeck, this virtual reality program and this uh, antagonist, these bad guys. So that would be a good place to start. Uh, one other Trek thing I will, and they, they pointed out in the dialogue, the Borg are not nearly this aggressive. Yes. They, yeah. they, uh, they will bother you if you bother them. Well, sort of. They they, um, they will watch you if you are a threat or new to them. Their whole thing is collecting uh, beings and technologies to recreate in their own image. That's very much
0: like the Cybermen. The Cybermen uh, delete them, and then they will have, like, almost processing plants, and it's almost like they're... Innerger in there, you know, like it's kind of her brain is in their helmet part or whatever. So okay. if you want to watch an episode to do with this, um, Age of Steel would probably be the best one to go for it. actually shows you how Cybermen um, come about, and that's with the David Tennant one. But, um, okay. Cybermen are, are the
1: Cybermen are, this aggressive? Is that where the board gets this? They right? are,
0: but the Daleks are more aggressive. Um, okay. Obviously, Daleks' motto is exterminate. Um, I would have... Preferred it if they, um, instead of resistance the futile, they would have put you shall be deleted because that's what they seem to say more is you shall be deleted. They Res- kind of put their resistance,
1: resistance is futile resistance. is what the Borg say.
0: Oh, right, okay. I, I thought so. it was coming from the. Oh, right, okay. You see, I nope, didn't know that. That is,
1: uh, that is the Borgs' uh, mantra, so to speak. Um, they They will show up and they, you know, lower your defenses. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Uh, do not resist, you know, resistance is futile. And right, then okay. they will cut through your shields and cut through your defenses, and it, they're, they're very quick to adapt and very hard to defeat. So the resistance is futile. Seeing a Cyberman say that, uh, apparently it worked for a Trek fan, Yeah. Uh, but it didn't work. It, it, <laughs> it would have worked, worked for if fan. the board
0: had said, You shall be deleted. If they'd done one of each, of each character, then you could have said, Right, well, that's what they're uh, saying. See, I'm yeah,
1: then delete. it would have been very clear that they were how integrated the two groups had become. Mm hmm. So let's let's head back to ancient Egypt then, Chris, and uh, tell me what's going on here.
0: Okay, so uh, the beautiful redhead you see is Amelia Pond, um, or Amy Pond. Um, the girl who waited. The first, the eleventh hour is the first episode featuring the doc, this Doctor Matt Smith, the eleventh Doctor. And by the way, just as the Doctor, not Doctor Who. Um, It's it's kind of one of those things that, you know, like it says in here, you know, like, Doctor Who. Uh, Yeah. But that's kind of like an ongoing gag that seems to have been happening since, you know, the second, third Doctor. So Uh, it's just named, it is is the Doctor. But uh, the girl who waited, um, whenever Amy was young, there was a big crack in her wall. The Doctor came down and she waited for him uh whenever she was like seven or eight and ten years later he came back and got his times mixed up. Um obviously he made grown up um and that's whenever their fun ensued. Um there is a part here to do with um obviously the doctor um saying Shin that is very much the way he gets on. You know, he is very, you know, there's a part where he's um, saying about, oh, well, uh, we'll try this way. You know, we'll try um, softly, softly. We'll try stealth. And then it's like, oh, that didn't work. Let's make friends instead. That's very much the doctor's mannerisms.
1: Okay, very, very uh, footloose and fancy-free, kind of yeah. free-willing. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's almost like,
0: you know, nothing can nothing can stop me, that kind of thing, you know, um, okay. that kind of thing. Um, and Rory Williams, uh, husband to EMA, nurse and occasional Roman soldier. Again, Rory, um, spoilers here, if you have... So, Ryan, because you haven't watched an episode, I need to kind of clear this up so you know what this means, is that Rory dies in an episode and comes back um, as, like, a... um, there's an episode to do with, uh, Amy's room. All the books and everything there are integrated. So they're like, there's a book to do with Romans and a picture of Rory. So he's like a Roman soldier, but it's not real, but then he becomes real. And it's, uh, the, it the latter, it's the like latter seasons bad. with Matt Smith, um, get very, very complicated and very, very convoluted. I find anyway, uh, the whole river song thing is just, don't even stop start, start me in that because we don't have time.
1: Um, but, <laughs> yeah, right, let's, let's go. What? what I was going to you say what, you had what, questions what, about the sonic screwdriver. Was, that's what I was just going to say. From what I can see, it uh, not only detects monsters, but is capable of cutting down tapestries to capture palace guards.
0: It's basically like a, <laughs> a skeleton key. So, if you are trapped in a door. Um, you can open it, but it won't work on wood. So I was wondering if the actual thing holding this here was made of wood or not, because if it was, then that surely wouldn't work on that.
1: I'm assuming it wasn't then. So it's kind of, it can do whatever you need it to do, is that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
0: can kind of scan around, you know, you can kind of scan around and see if there's any beans there, and it kind of, um, it kind of so It's a tricorder. It Something like that, yeah. Well, that's it,
1: that's for all our Trekkies listeners. Now that, yeah, now they, should, now I'm sure, but it.
0: whatever that means. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is very much, you know, that's his, that's his uh, Luke Skywalker has his lightsaber, the Doctor has his sonic screwdriver. Um, okay. So that, that's the way about it is.
1: this whole scene with him tracking down the monster and dispatching him, is that typical of like an episode?
0: Yes, it is. Um, it'll be a case of, you know, like, I'll give you a warning, you know, flee this here, and then you know the, we'll have no much. We'll have no. Um, we'll have no uh, problem with each other. And then, if they don't do what he says, then it'll be a case of right. Well, you know, because this is whenever he says um, to you're the man in charge. I want to save your kingdom, and I'm guessing you probably do. I pay attention, and then it's just it's whenever this this guy uh, turns that way. You know, because the Time Lord, he's the last of the Time Lord.
1: Okay, I was going to ask you about that, too. Okay. Uh, Is this a a race? Is this... uh, What are the Time Uh, Lords?
0: The Time Lords are an ancient race. Um, Like, there's um, two... um, What would be, like, Picard's human equivalent of an enemy, if he has one? Uh, Khan. Okay, so there's the Doctor and there's the Master... The math okay. is kind of like his equivalent. He's a time lord, but he's like, you know, obviously wants to take over the world and all that kind of stuff. Um, Sounds so, like yeah, so they were a, a race that, um, he had to kill. The doctor actually had to kill, um, because they were all, beca- they were all, you know, good people who want to save planets, etc. cetera. And then they became very, um, they became the polar opposite of that. And there's an episode wherever, David Tennant says that he had to kill them all. It was the Bernard Cribbins in End of Time um, that he said that they were good, but I had to kill them all. Now they're coming back. And then, um, oh, what's his name? One of the main characters in End of Time is played by Timothy Dalton. So it's a kind of a case of yeah, like James Bond never ages. Time Lords never seem to age either.
1: Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. They're, they're the Lords of Time, right? So yeah. Um, and then is this is this monster? Uh, or a race, whatever it is, is that recognized, or do they just come up with something freaky and cool for just that? Something condition? freaky and cool, I've never okay. seen. Okay. And then the gem—is that specific to this particular monster, or is that something that is that his ecto containment unit? <laughs> no, I know what that <laughs> is. <but laughs> no, it's not. Um, I've never seen that before, really. Um, okay. So we're be, there it's, There is it's, like
0: different things he can muster up. Um, um, there's different things for different. You know, um, species that kind of thing. You know, there's like an episode where there's an invisible monster that he has to have a mirror for to see, which is just one of the most bizarre episodes ever. and never watched. It. <laughs>
1: well, there are plenty of bizarre episodes in the annals of track too. So, um, but this is apparently a device because it captures this specific monster, but then is also what allows him to have the vision of the Borg and the Cybermen, mm-hmm. um, and so they hop in the uh, the um, Tardis. thing, the TARDIS, the big blue <laughs> box. Um, And they go right into the holodeck, which is weird, but um, awesome all at the same time. And I love how they're dressed up once they get... Is that always the case? Are they always dressed... Appropriately. There is
0: like a huge wardrobe, so um there's an episode wherever the doctor and one of his companions meet Agatha Christie, so they're dressed in that kind of thing. So because the doctor has a huge wardrobe, you know, there's so many levels and rooms there, um, they kinda like, kind of dress, dress up. But on that, okay. you know, whenever they actually come to the holodeck, um this the um panel where it says, fine, Rory, better than fine, just a little dimensional feedback. They were basically asking the doctor how it, he is, and you always know there's something wrong with the doctor whenever he says he's better than fine, that kind of thing. Whenever, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's not quite okay. right. you know there's something fishy. But on the right-hand side, it says Tom's Bakery and fourth. That's a nice nod because Tom Baker was the fourth doctor. Nice. So I thought that was a really nice nod there.
1: Nice. Like I said, I I spoke to J.K. Woodward, who is the artist, um, and I will I will be seeing him actually at the convention that Sween Hollick and I are going to in a few weeks. So I will ask him if that was in the script or is that his own fandom uh, coming through. Either way, it's ingenious, but I just yeah. need to know who to give the credit to. If it's, if, it's JK, <laughs> if it's J.K. Woodward or one of the writers. So I was um, just reading. I that one. never ever would have would have. I was would've, like, would've, I've got, I've got something.
0: something. I've got my trump card. I need to play it.
1: That's awesome. So, uh and then yeah, like I said it takes us into the holodeck and we see three of the main characters from Star Trek and that is where the issue ends. So, thoughts on it as a whole, Chris, since it was um, primarily Doctor Who oriented.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought they um as I said the artness was exceptional. Uh, I've never really seen a comic book done like this before. You know, like I'm more used to reading, you know, like Spider-Man, Turtles, you know, Master of the Universe, that something, kind of thing. Something
1: with a bit more traditional uh, artwork to it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought the looks of the character, like the um, scene wherever um, he's with the pharaoh and he's actually, it's kind of like a side-on with his, you see, like his three fingers. I thought that was superb. Um, oh, yep. See what you the mannerisms about. of the Doctor, Amy, and Rory were spot on, the way they... Bounce off each other. Um, I, I really couldn't fault it. You know, obviously, I don't know much about Star Trek, but hopefully, in the latter um, issues of this, you know, like I'll be like, right, okay, well, this means that, and I would imagine that on this planet that the Delta Four, uh, I noticed that uh, none of these people have hair either. No,
1: the baldness is a uh, a Delta quality. Okay, right. Okay, um, and I don't. I'm assuming this is a bit of a device. I'm sure the uh, the prime minister who escapes will be seen some more, but I do believe that Delta Four has met its end. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know that we'll be going back there again. Uh, Deltons, yeah, Deltons do not have hair. Uh, for me, as far as the first issue goes, despite the uh, abundance of Who and the lack of Trek, I really liked it too. I thought the Doctor was was. Uh, a a great blend of of charming and cocky. Like, he wasn't too cocky, he wasn't too smarmy, too much of a jerk, but he also had a little uh, roguish, I don't want to say Han Solo, but he definitely had a roguish quality to him, which I dug right away. Uh, I will agree with you on the art. I think uh, J.K. Woodward's artwork is phenomenal, and uh, something like this that is a big deal deserves to have uh, something special in the art as well. Um, I think he does Borg and Cybermen particularly well, so I'm very excited as the series progresses to see more of the Borg and the Cybermen uh, done by, in, by J.K. in his style. So, very, very excited. Do you have any idea? This is a, a bit out of left field because we don't, I mean, after one issue, we really have no idea. I mean, the, our our two franchises have yet to properly meet. as Well, I mean, we've seen the Borg and the Cybermen together, and they're obviously on the holodeck at the end. But uh, do you have any idea where this is headed or don't you care? You're just kind of strapped in and ready to enjoy the ride.
0: With the TARDIS, because the way it's um, veered off course and um, it's, you know, they said that this is a more hectic landing than usual. Um, it means that there's something is something big going to happen because the TARDIS only goes where there's going to be a lot of problems. And then they can't leave until it's resolved.
1: Okay, I was just going to ask. I was like, so are they stuck here then? Because they have, yeah. obviously they would need to be.
0: They're um, not stuck there, but the Doctor doesn't go until, almost like the A-Team. The A-Team don't leave until everything's back to normal. Well, I was
1: uh, I was just going to go back. To, we referenced it once already. It was just like Quantum Leap. You know, Ziggy's not going to let him leave until... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every, <laughs> if he <laughs> would just done,
0: oh boy, there, that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, the doctor ends up talking to, uh, himself, but it's really Al. No, wait, that's the wrong one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what'll happen. So there'll be something big. The only thing is that obviously there's the Cybermen and the Borgs. I wonder if the Daleks are going to come in this because that's the doctor's most feared enemy.
1: Okay. That was my next question was if Dr. Who got here through the TARDIS, how the hell did the Cybermen (laughs) show up? Um, do the Tardis, the the what is it? The Daleks. Uh, what uh, do they possess the technology to bring the Cybermen to to this time and place?
0: The Daleks and Cybermen don't really see eye to eye, or eye to eye stick, should okay. I say?
1: <laughs> is there is there a character or race or something in Doctor Who that possesses the ability to bring the Cybermen?
0: It here? depends because it's normally a case of there's some bumbling fool who is hidden them, you know, like something, and then it's they appear, you know, so whether it's a case of the Borgs have got like a trans-dimensional space thing, you know, it sounded good. Actually, there. that I was going to say,
1: actually, now that you bring that up, the Borg do have a uh, the ability to create time warps and stuff, because yeah. that, again, is featured in Star Trek First Contact, so, um, yeah, it could be the Borg that brought them in, actually, now that I think about it, so... Wait and see is, is basically – it's fun to speculate, and I think that speaks volumes about this first issue is that there's plenty of speculation, plenty on both sides of what's going to happen or how this already – you know, how this came to be already. Um, so I think that's a very good testament to the issue itself, so – It might be a bit dumb, but uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, recommend, Chris, on this issue.
0: Oh, definitely thumbs up. Two thumbs up. And plus the fact that it announces that the original series of Turtles is back, this time in color. That just added something. Is that the add at the end? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That just added something to it for me. So with Doctor Who, Star Trek, and a bit of Turtles thrown into the mix. There you Um,
1: go. And uh, we do know, we talked about it before, just, again, looking ahead. I'm not sure how or why this is going to fit in. But we do know, thanks to solicitations, which is one of my least favorite things in comics, that the cover of Issue 3 features Spock and Kirk and one of the other Doctors. Uh, if it's the out? one with the, if
0: the, one you show me, it's the fourth Doctor. That's the Tom Baker one. And Tom Baker. And that yeah, so that's memorable. the one that's kind of hinted at in the comic there. Okay,
1: so that could be a script thing, then, if he is the one that we're going to be seeing uh, yeah. a little bit later on. But uh, So f- for fans of other Doctors, for fans of Original Trek... Uh, sit back and relax because we are apparently getting there unless the cover's a big fat lie and that'll just piss people off so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as we, uh, I think that's about it. Again, Chris and I are obviously very big fans and I think uh, the fact that we both enjoyed it before discussing with each other uh, the, the finer points of the other franchise speaks a lot and I think the fact that um, I became more excited listening to Chris's descriptions of doctor who is a good thing too so hopefully this podcast uh this wasn't just to help chris and i out this was to help any of you who are in the same boat as us so hopefully we did that and uh, chris do you think we did i would like to
0: hope so yes i, I, I hope we so did if it. you have any questions then let us know and then if we do a next one then we can go over them
1: yes the plan will be to do a next one um because i think at this point i will do it for my own Sanity and knowing what's going on with Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably do but, from uh, mine as well, to be honest we, with you. We, we get a lot of views. We get a lot of comments. Uh, people seem to like it. Obviously, we will absolutely do a second episode. Uh, Chris actually got his hands on uh, an interesting uh, interesting uh, edition of the comic. Chris, you want to talk about that a little bit and what we're going to do with it?
0: Yeah, um, well, um, thanks, obviously, major thanks to Ryan for inviting me onto this. So whenever I heard I was coming on to this, um, I got a ForbiddenPlanet.com exclusive uh, signed by one of the writers, uh, Tony Lee. Um, so we're actually going to be giving this away. Um, but Ryan's out going to add something extra onto that as well.
1: Yes, as I mentioned, I met uh, the artist J.K. Woodward in Chicago at the C2E2 convention. Had a great time talking to him. He's a fantastic guy. And very excited to go see him at Heroes Con coming up at the end of June, uh, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Those of you keeping score at home. Um, And he will be in attendance, and I will be in attendance. So I'm going to take this comic, and it will also be signed by J.K. Woodward when all is said and done. And we are going to give this ForbiddenPlanet.com exclusive, signed by one of the writers and the artist, uh, away to one of you. Chris, how are we going to decide who to give it to?
0: Well, obviously, this is a big Star Trek, Doctor Who thing. So Ryan is a big fan of Star Trek. I know nothing about it. I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Ryan knows nothing about that. So all we want to know, basically, is... Who's your favorite captain, would that be fair to say, or member of the Enterprise?
1: Well, let's go with captain and doctor. Who's your favorite captain? Um, and for you tr- uh, Doctor Who fans who don't know Trek, make everybody a go. chance to play. Uh, what's that?
0: The Whovians, the Trekkies, and the Whovians. Trekkies
1: and the Whovians, yes. Uh, I don't like Trekkies. Uh, as <laughs> I hate the name That's Whovians.
0: That's as bad as he, oh, ma- he ra- I don't
1: mind Trekker, but for some reason Trekkies hate Trekker. I don't know if it's uh, a... <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Star Trek fan is fine to say, but anyway, if you're a Star Trek fan, who's your favorite captain? If you're a Hoovian, who's your favorite doctor? And if you're a fan of both, uh, let us know. And um, who's your favorite of each, and what you thought, yeah. and of course, uh, what you thought of the issue and our discussion of it is always welcome. But uh, for the ForbiddenPlanet.com, all you have to do is tell us your favorite captain or your favorite doctor, and we will select a winner at random to receive the Forbidden Planet autographed copy. So that is pretty cool, in my opinion. Chris? Yes? Doctor Who is not the only thing you're an expert on. You do a couple other podcasts that, before we go, I think you need to tell the folks that I'm all about.
0: Okay. Well, before I go, I'd like to thank you sincerely, Ryan, for bringing me on. It's always great to jump on and do a podcast, whatever it's about, whether it's about Star Wars or anything. Um, so just thank you very much. And thank you for the lovely art that you sent me regarding a certain doctor it was very much appreciative no no Uh, problem um, yeah, so I do a couple of podcasts, um, Operation Retroshock uh, with my good friend Alan Price, WrestleShock with my good friend Mike Lacey. Uh, you can find them at operationretroshock.podbean.com or if you, you head over to popculturenetwork.com, um, they'll be there. There's little buttons there you can click on. <clears throat> and uh, myself and Mike Lacey, uh, Sweeney Halleck, who does the uh, awesome turtle um Comic podcast with Ryan um, and Dylan Cook.
1: Sorry? I was just agreeing with you that... that, Sweeney is part of an awesome podcast with me. Yeah. But go ahead. The, this other awesome <laughs> podcast is, awesome. is
0: what the shell. So it's the first uh, podcast based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if you want to check that out, you can head over. It is in the popculturenetwork.com or you can head over to whattheshell.podbean.com. We also have a Twitter there um, at tmntshell, Shell. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Vinto316. And again, Ryan, thank you very much.
1: Well, thank you, Chris. I knew that uh, right away that you were the man to uh, see me through this. You've done some – you mentioned Operation RetroShock. You and Alan have discussed uh, Doctor Who more than once. Uh, I didn't listen to them because I wouldn't have any idea what you were talking about. Well, now you need uh, to. (laughs) Now I might need to, and I know that they were very well received. Again, as I mentioned before, I am aware of the phenomenon that is Who. I just have not been part of it. And yeah, myself, uh, for those of you who already know because you're listening to it, this is uh, part of the series of the Comics Corner that I do, which is uh, a weekly podcast all about the week in comics. Uh, This is a special episode that will probably be going out to a larger audience, which is why I wanted to let you guys know that you should feel free to come back next week and every week in between the next episode, or the next issue, rather, uh, of the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover And I think that's about it. So, Chris, how do they say goodbye on Doctor Who? Is there a tagline or no?
0: You can either say, if you're a divotana fan, you can say, Z," or if you're (laughs) a a,
1: uh,
0: Matt Smith fan, you say, Geronimo!
1: That's not weird at all. You're you're just making Who even weirder. But uh, Geronimo (laughs) is interesting. We're going to go with Live Long and Prosper, I think. (laughs) So... Hopefully you guys well, enjoyed this. We
0: could just say that we've energized too much, so we need to go.
1: There you go. There it is. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this, and hopefully uh, you enjoyed it enough to bring us back for a second episode. Don't forget to let us know uh, any of anywhere you can leave a comment about this episode. Uh, we will be checking everywhere. PopCultureNetwork.com. We will be checking iTunes. We will be checking YouTube. Anywhere you can leave a comment about this, we will find you and your comment, and you will be eligible to win. So be sure and do that and we are gonna go re-energize. Is that what we just decided? Yeah,
0: it's probably right, yeah.
1: Alright, well at least this issue had a better ending than the podcast. Alright guys. We will, we will see you next time. We